0: Welcome to the sermon podcast of Faith Lutheran Church in Oregon, Wisconsin. Proclaiming the historic faith of Christ crucified and the promises of God that our faith clings to. For more information, visit us online at faithlutheranoregon.com. This past week, we we took a beautiful trip uh, to a county park a couple of hours north of here. Uh, The further north we got, the, the, the more the colors changed, and it was a beautiful drive. But as I was driving, I noticed quite a few wooden crosses, white wooden crosses along the side of the road, little shrines that had been set up, flowers and wreaths lay on some of them, and many of them were in a place I wouldn't expect. And for just a moment, those brief glances of those shrines, those little memorials, on the side of the road, reminded me of the real danger of driving. That's exactly what our lesson from Revelation does for the church, for her life here on earth. It gives us a brief glimpse into the real dangers around us that we usually do not see. And so today, the church reminds herself that, oh yeah, angels really do exist. And they exist to watch over you. My two-year-old son knows this already. We pray Luther's evening prayer every night before we go to, bre- go to bre- bed with this line. Let your holy angel be with me, that the wicked foe may have no power over me. And as we've been going to bed, we, we make a point to remind him of all the people and beings that love him. And, and he's recited without prompting, And angels love me. Angels watch over me. Well, the last night he, he added our, our cat, Tarjay, too. There are untold number of dangers uh, on our journey towards heaven. Dangers both physical and spiritual. The physical ones we we can see normally. The spiritual ones we can't. And it's from these primarily that the holy angels guard us. See, they guard us from accusations. Accusations against us by the devil and his demons. Accusations against our sin and accusations against our faith. In fact, Psalm 91 compares the devil's trap to a plague that kills tens of thousands of people. And yet God says, you need not fear, as he says, the destructive plague that prowls in the darkness, because God has given a command to his angels to guard you in all your ways. And it's this unseen battle against the devil and his angels, his demons, that the angels wage, that we see, we get a glimpse of in our text from Revelation. A battle that's already been fought and won. There's a war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon. The dragon fought back along with his angels, but he was not strong enough. There was no longer a place for them in heaven. The great dragon was thrown down, the angel serpent, the one called the devil, and Satan, the one who leads the whole inhabited earth astray. He was thrown down to the earth, and his angels were thrown down with him. A couple notes on this text. Michael is referred to in Daniel chapter 10 as one of the chief princes of God's angels. He's referred to in Daniel 12 as the great prince who has charge of God's people. In Jude 9, he's referred to as the archangel. Michael, the archangel, and his angels wage a battle in heaven against the dragon and his angels. The dragon, or serpent, is the same serpent who deceived Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden to fall into sin. He's called the devil, or literally the slanderer, because he slanders, distorts God's And he's called Satan or the accuser because he accuses God's people day and night. We think especially of Job in the Old Testament, whom Satan went before God, the court of God in heaven, to accuse Job of an insincere faith. But in this battle in Revelation, Satan does not win. He's cast out by Michael. Now, some assume that this battle is a flashback to to shortly after the beginning of creation, when the devil and his angels initially fell into sin. But in this context, this battle is not simply the devil and his angels being cast out of heaven. It's not the beginning of creation. But rather, this is them completely losing their ability to accuse God's saints, John's brethren, all Christians, all baptized Christians, before the throne of God, as Satan had done to Job. There's only one battle where this was the outcome, and that's the battle that Jesus himself fought when he came to earth in the flesh to destroy the works of the devil. And in fact, that's exactly what John describes right before this. Through symbolism, John spoke of the birth and ascension of Jesus, of Jesus leaving the church in the wilderness in this world, and the church awaiting the full manifestation of Christ's rule once again. Now, the book of Revelation is often misunderstood, especially by those trying to interpret all the the little symbolism. But Revelation is really quite simple. Revelation is a vision or revelation that God permitted a defeated John the Apostle who is uh, serving a life sentence on a prison island called Patmos uh, for preaching the gospel. And in this vision that God permits John to have, John bounces back and forth between heaven and earth, between events on earth and and events in heaven. And the purpose of revelation of this vision is not... To predict the future, but rather to comfort the church on earth right now. Our lesson of the war of the angels in heaven is woven in between two of these lessons of of the experiences of the church on earth. Right before our lesson, John describes the life and death and ascension of Jesus, the overthrow of Satan and his angels. Uh, is, is the result of Jesus' ascension, resurrection and ascension. And every time the gospel is preached, Satan is again overthrown. And so by weaving these accounts together in this way, John helps us understand the purpose of seeing this war in heaven. Because we need this heavenly perspective. Especially when we get so focused on things of this world. Now, I know right now it's very easy for us to get caught up, especially with whatever current social or or political program or group or fad, because these are supposedly the most important battles of our day. And then we go to wage war against anyone who who disagrees. Even in the church, we do this. But if the Christian church is only big enough to to encompass our favorite issue or or cause or, or party, we need to get some perspective there are much larger things at stake. Christianity is so much bigger than any of that. We are living in the midst of a much greater story, the story of Christ and his triumph over Satan. When Christ ascended into heaven, Satan and his angels were cast out of the heavenly council and their role as accuser ended. The heavenly realms that used to be filled Day and night with accusations are now filled with eternal celebration. Celebration not just by angels, but by Christians who join them. And the confession of faith that God's people here on earth make is a a participation of that victory of Christ that endures eternally. But right after this, John comes back down to earth again. This time John reveals that, that although Satan has been defeated, he's full of rage. And so he'll do whatever he can against the members of Christ's church. And so John issues this warning. Woe to the earth and the sea, for the devil has gone down to you. He is full of rage because he knows that his time is short. Even though the devil has lost his place as accuser uh, for the church, uh, the church on earth is now under persecution, hunted by a defeated but raging Satan. So in the face of, of such suffering, even the voice of heaven cries, woe. And so how do we as the church live in such a world? John's brief but heavenly vision offers a way. As John hears from the voice in heaven, now have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ. The church lives by trusting that the kingdom of God has come and that Christ's authority has been established. No matter how awful this world may look, no matter how much it might look like Satan has control of everything, no matter how much we wanna, might want to take control of things into our own hands, the kingdom of God has come. And Jesus is in control of heaven and earth. The voice from heaven also says, because the accuser of our brothers has been thrown down, the one who accuses them before our God day and night, The church lives by resting assured that on account of Christ, all accusations have been silenced. Because of the victory of Jesus, the angels see to it that because you are baptized into Christ, Satan cannot accuse you. Your baptism brings you into this great heavenly battle and God assigns angels to watch over you and protect you. The voice from heaven also says, they conquered him because of the blood of the Lamb and because of the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives in the face of death. The church lives by participating in the victory of Christ through faith in the blood of the Lamb. The very same blood that you will participate with in a moment, as angels and archangels and all the hosts of heaven look on with awe. The church lives by confessing this faith in life, by loving Christ more than the preservation of our earthly lives, and by lifting our voices to join the angels in their eternal song of redemption. John's vision of Michael and the war in heaven is like that shrine or those crosses that I saw on the side of the road, and and maybe not so different from Jacob's memorial that he had set up as a reminder of what actually is around us. John's vision is brief but powerful. By giving us a a glimpse of an event in heaven, it, it changes the way we view our journey on earth. The vision calls to mind the dangers of the world that we live in. We're defeated, but Satan rages against God's people. But it encourages us with the victory of Christ so that we value faith in Christ over and above anything that may happen to us. Thanks be to God for this glimpse of the war of angels. May God keep us confident that uh, that our confession of faith, which may seem small and and insignificant in this world, is actually part of a much greater story. Christ's ultimate triumph. Our earthly participation in his heavenly battle and an eternal song of joy. And so we pray, let your holy angel be with me, that the wicked foe may have no power over me. In Jesus' name, amen.